Oh, hi everyone. <laughs> You've, why are you guys interrupting our conversation? We were talking. <laughs> Welcome to our slumber party. It's not like I pressed the button intentionally and saw it count down from five and knew that this was happening. <laughs> from a thousand. It feels like, it's like a thousand. like your podcast will start in 20 to 30 minutes. I know. <laughs> oh my God. So we were, we, it's another submission episode. Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm glad you guys like these so much. Oh, that, that mug is a pretty color. I feel like I, I've said that before. So... Super fun fact. This is my favorite mug because obviously it's hot pink. Randomly, when I was living in a dorm because I was doing this like 10-week training program, long story short, I needed a mug to be a person and I walked to Dollar General and bought this there and it has survived. And I have literally broken so many fucking mugs. I don't know how this one is not broken. My God, my study abroad mugs are doing well as well. They're my favorite mugs, but they're not big, but they're very special to me. Is that like a matte hot pink? Yeah. Oh, that really takes it to the next level. Right? Oh, you ask me. Right. Oh and this God. mug, I'm shocked she's not broken. I used to take her in the car with me to work. She's brave, you guys. I'm unfortunately one of those people. Oh, I don't even want to tell you. I mean, people can probably surmise how much I respect my cars by the fact that I spray shit in my car for the content of the internet. But yeah, it's a it's a bad... Ew, is it... No, it's pizza. God, toddler mom life. <laughs> Everyone makes fun of me because I treat my car like a storage unit. Oh, yeah. Like if I have stuff that I just don't know where to put it, I just put it in the trunk of my car. You know what? Joke's on them because when I shipped my car to California from Pennsylvania, I filled it with stuff, but you couldn't tell. I put a full flat screen TV in the trunk of my car. You wouldn't believe how much shit I brought in that car. Cause you're not supposed to like put shit in it and ship it. It's not supposed to be like a storage container. Like why not? If I'm paying you to ship this vehicle, I understand not putting like a trailer on it, but I think if it's within the car and you can shut all the doors, that's my business. Why are you in my car right now? Don't tell me that's a liability. You were hired to ship the car. Yeah, it's my I, shit. Like, like, it's literally for who? For right. who? What's going to happen? Mind your own you business. Stuff's going to come to life. This isn't Toy Story. It's literally fine. <laughs> it's fine. Shut up. My That skill really does come in handy when you least expect it. Well, Redacted and I are both feeling great today, so we're just going to do this <laughs> Move on. Off we go. <laughs> Off we go. Did I tell you? I didn't tell you guys what we're talking about. Oh my god! I just said we're doing submissions. I think. No, you told them it was a submissions episode. It's about all about student teaching, horror stories, and the like. So we'll see what we got here. I never did that, so I'm gonna live vicariously, and then maybe it'll make me a little more competent. I had two very different student teaching experiences. I had one student teacher mentor who was amazing. And one who was less so, but the one who was amazing was like, and I say this in a positive way, she's a bitch and I love her and I wanted to be a bad bitch like her and I wanted, everybody loved her. She was so popular. Her rapport with students was like rocking. I mean, she had been doing this for like, I think at the point that I was with her, it was like eight years. So it wasn't like a million years, but she was so great and I was trying to emulate her and one day during feedback she was like you know you're kind of coming off like an asshole (laughs) and I was like really and she was like she was like yeah I know that you're trying to like play the part of me but like it's not reading and I was like okay perfect stop why did she theater kid you you know honestly like I think it's valid it's like a lesson that I've taken forever because I had been teaching kids in some capacity since I was 19 so like I have a vibe about me. Like I was teaching theater before I was teaching, 
general ed. And when I got into student teaching, I was like, well, I need to be what my mentor teacher is because she's good and I want to be good. But like what that translated into was me just like not being true to who I am and the kids can like totally see through that. Kids can really tell when you're being disgenuous. Like, is that a word? Disingenuous, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. disingenuous. They can tell. Like if you're you're trying to do a little fakey fakey, they notice that. They won't notice your vocab wall, but they'll notice that. Not at all. So I've definitely like taken that feedback and been like, don't be somebody that you're not. Like, cause, and some people have said to me, like, I can't be that sugary sweet because it's so fake. Not that I'm like sugary sweet, but that's what people read it as. Cause I'm very like sarcastic and casual with my kids, but I'm also like, my teacher voice is what it is. But people are like, well, kids read through that. And I'm like, yeah, but that's actually genuine for me. So if you do that, I'm sure they're going to be like, what the fuck yeah. is this person like, doing? <laughs> if I do that, they're like, if could you sit down at your desk, please? Could you just ignore us like you normally do? Please stop. (laughs) Yeah, please stop. But for me, it's like, that's normal. So like whatever your normal is, like you have to be. But when you're a student teacher, you don't fucking know that. So anyways, it says... Just graduated this last year from student teaching. I had three students in my class that had severe behavioral needs. Every time the mentor teacher left the room, they would advise me to record on one of the iPads because a student had accused the last student teacher of swearing at a student. Not you getting a body cam. I know, right? One student stood outside the class with their foot against the door, refusing to let students out during a fire drill. Oh God, teaching is so, that's, that's happened I'm just so glad it times. was a drill. Yeah. That's happened to you? Yeah. Kids are crazy. They just do things to be funny, and they're not funny. Today we had a tornado drill, and I didn't realize my admin was coming around the corner to check all the kids, and I yelled, shut up, you guys. The tornado's going to hear us. <laughs> So this person says, at one point, the parents approached me and said he told his daughter she didn't have to listen to me because I wasn't a real teacher. The audacity to say that to someone's face. Jesus. The school I was attending placed me in a position an hour away from home and one and a half hours away from where I was taking classes. I hate when they do that. They put you so far away sometimes. How are they allowed to do that? This is why, like, I'm really not built for any educational institution. Like, I would just be like, no. <laughs> like, I'm literally not going to do that. Let me know how you all are going to respond. <laughs> this reminded me to see when the deadline to apply to grad school is because they're making me student teach for six days. They're making you student teach for six days? Yes. What did you just say? Yeah, I have to go. To student teach for six days for my grad school. What the fuck does that mean? What do you mean? So they said it's, okay, so I'm doing a grad program that's for 6 through 12 education. Uh-huh. So they said you, you it's meant for people that are full-time teaching, but they said, like, to be in compliant with, like, a lot of the federal recommendations or whatever the fuck, they have to expose you to other grade levels. So they said... I have to go. They say it's legally student teaching, but they say the way they have it set up is observation style at a middle school for like a week and a half. That is just such a waste of your time. So what are you going to do? Get a sub? No, they said my principal has to get me a sub for it and it's like a thing. Do you have to use your days? I don't know. Probably knowing my that life. Is, that is so <laughs> They only stupid. give us three days, so someone's going to have a problem. God. No, they said that it's like a thing and the district knows and that it's not a problem um, is allegedly what they told me. But we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. I don't have to do it till like next year. Well, that's good. Okay. I'm going to do the one with the flame emojis. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm a first year teacher and I graduated from a big state school education program in May. I had a two day a week practicum up until our full-time internship in the spring. 
I was at a great public school with a mentor who I adored. Up until this semester, our diversity supervisor was one of our professors from our program, but for this semester, we were all assigned to adjunct supervisor that the university hired out. Red flag. My supervisor was 75 years old, we googled her, and had not been in public schools since the year 1988. After that, she did homeschool here and there. This lady's job was to supervise and guide me and also to evaluate my teaching. We also had to turn in assignments to her. The first meeting I had with her was an hour long and she gave us no specific guidelines on how she wanted lesson plan written, etc. So me being pretty organized and on my shit, I planned to use the same lesson plan template we had been using since our practicums had started my junior year. I had a 4.0 and honestly was really confident in my teaching, so I wasn't super concerned about the semester. I was so excited to be in a school every day. The first lesson she observed was a math lesson I did called Number Corner. If you're not familiar, it's basically like a number talk where there's also a problem of the day kind of thing. No, she's downplaying Number Corner. Number Corner is Explain crazy. her. Crazy. Okay, this is from the Bridges curriculum, and anybody who just heard you say Number Corner who has used Number Corner probably saw their life flash before their eyes. I like Number Corner. I enjoy doing bridges. Like somebody's going to email me and be like, it sucks ass. I don't know, guys. <laughs> I used it. I had a good time. I eventually had a good time, I should say. I began with Number Corner overwhelmed and crying because it is so much. They give you two. Okay, so for every chapter, there's a big ass binder. Can I just say, every time we get on this subject, I remember that other people get curriculum and I'm like, that must be so fucking nice that you have like little activities and like they're like standards aligned and like, like when you just said, oh, it comes with the activity in the chapter. I was like, that sounds marvelous. Would love to experience it one day. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here on fucking history.com copying and pasting. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been there too sucks but also curriculum sucks for different reasons there's so much to talk about but i'll talk about my least favorite things because this is not time for me to have a love affair with a boxed curriculum but you get this like huge binder for each chapter and every single day they have stations and the stations you let your kindergartners take their little card and go pick their station immediately now and they put their card in the pocket chart with the station they want to go to and they go to the station and they're supposed to do it independently but they have these board games and the board games are like a little boring and then you're supposed to have them play it for like minutes on end quietly with their booties in a chair not yelling at each other and actually doing math while you're running small groups. So I would be back in my U table and there would be like a manipulative station and the game station. And then you're trying to like navigate your small group while they're all doing this groups. This sounds awful. It's very intricate. This literally sounds like my ninth circle of hell. Someone recently asked me, they said, why don't you ever do station teaching? And what I said to them was a little uncalled for, but I think was warranted, like, it, not warranted, it was not warranted, but it was valid. So I'm gonna tell it to you all. This is my high school perspective. I'm sure elementary teachers are gonna be like, I fucking love stations, jump out your window. But why would I create the chaos of having you all be doing different things where I all have to give you separate directions? Because you're just going to rotate. And at the end of the day, everyone's going to do every station. Mm -hmm. So why would we not just all do the stations, all of us? <laughs> 
<laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I get what like, you're saying. The group rotation is where you lose me. Because what they were telling me is they were like, you should have one station where they're doing the graphic organizer, one station they're doing vocab. And I was like, or... We could just all do all that stuff. I know. I get it. When stations are cooking, I feel amazing. I'm like, I am the best teacher that has ever walked the face of the freaking earth. But when I have a kid who's throwing the manipulatives across the entire room and I have another kid who's like poking somebody with a pencil while I'm trying to do small groups, I don't feel like the best teacher in the world. Yeah. So that's a lot going on. So number corner... Number corner can last a whole day. If you want number corner to be run, (laughs) I'm not kidding. Number corner can take an hour. (sighs) You have to pick and choose what what number corner, what you do. It's a pocket chart calendar. And every single month, there is a set of cards for the days, the number days. And it's a pattern. So it's a mathematical something every single day so you do the number of the day like the calendar day you talk about the pattern then you go on to how many days you've been in school then there's like another activity and another activity and another activity and then you're doing that we did number corner entirely separate from math block because it took so long (laughs) it was crazy i want to play all that to say yes caller i know what number corner is (laughs) That was a journey. I loved that. Like I said, I love Bridges because I used Bridges for a full year crying and not sure what I'm doing. So that then the second year that I came back to Bridges, I was like, well, I fear this is the best curriculum of all time. That was me with the vocab sorting. Like my first year, I was like, this is so fucking stupid. I was like, you really want me to cut out these little pieces of paper and make them put them in little, like, what is wrong with you? And then once I had it cooking, like you're talking about, and all the kids start arguing on if it's social or political, I was like, damn, this eats. <laughs> y'all, y'all snapped with this one. Yeah, when you're having a number talk and they're all like <laughs> saying how they got the number and they're all talking about their different strategies and they're like rotating through the stations so smoothly and quietly, you're like, well, give me my teacher of the year plaque. This is what Olympic skating must feel like. No, you totally get it. Like the grace, the passion. Oh. No, it sounds like number corner is much more involved than vocab sorting. I don't think I'm built for number corner. I don't know if any of us are. We just have to aspire to it. So back to where we left off with the number of corners. So the first lesson she observed was a math lesson I did called number corner. If you're not familiar, it's basically like number talk and there's also a problem of the day kind of thing. I deferred to how my mentor teacher had it set up, the routine she had already created with the kids on the rug and using the whiteboards. In my follow-up meeting, my supervisor ripped me apart saying I should have done a more hands-on lesson because the kids need to touch things, in quotes. She also told me that she could not follow the math and was wondering why the kids were not just sorting and getting to know numbers. Mind you, this was the second half of the year, first grade, and my class was on two-digit addition and subtraction. She also told me my lesson plans were not long enough and I needed to write out how I would specifically accommodate for each beautiful individual in my classroom of 23 kids. (laughs) Beautiful individual really sent me. That was in quotes. 
I was annoyed, but I kind of shrugged it off since I was following the curriculum the way my mentor teacher did it, and I knew I was being responsive to the kids as the lesson went great and I was able to give personalized attention. As the semester continued, this lady just seemed more and more confused. For example, I did a social studies unit that focused around black history, and she asked me who Rosa Parks was. No, she did You're lying. Stop it. She did not. Somebody fire her. She was alive with Rosa Parks. What the fuck do you mean? What the fuck do you mean? You have never heard of Rosa Parks. Come on. That's wild. Read a book. That is wild. (laughs) Read a tweet. Like, you don't even need a whole book to get that fucking piece of information. No, she is in pop culture. Oh, Jesus. Like... I'm exhausted. See, I cannot do student teaching. I cannot... I cannot look at these people and take them seriously. I'm not kidding. You are not going to have a good time. I need you to get your expectations lower than hell. Like, whatever they are, they're too high already. So the reason I'm, like, not completely mortified is that they said it's observational. They said I'm not teaching the kids. Like, they said I don't have to do lesson plans. I don't have to do anything. They said I literally just have to go because I asked a lot of questions. So you can just watch them and judge them? Yeah. Okay. They said I'll go to a middle school and I'll do, like, a day or two with a bunch of different teachers. And then I have to, like, compare and contrast and write and all that. So I was like, okay. that sounds terrible, but bearable. Yes. And then I already know while that's happening, my students are going to text me every four minutes. Oh, my God. They love to talk to you. They can't get enough of you. They're going to be like, hey, BTW accidentally threw my Chromebook out the window. What do I do? That's, mark my words. That'll happen. <gasps> oh, I'm sure. They're just, if for nothing else, because they just want to hang out with you. They just love you. I don't think that's it. No, I literally think it is redacted. I think I respond fastest. Okay. <laughs> what else happened? So she didn't know who Rosa Parks was. I was kind of losing it at this point because I was basically paying college tuition to work for free at this school, paying my own gas and transportation as the school didn't provide it, and couldn't hold a second job due to the internship hours. And now this lady is getting paid from my tuition to ask me if Rosa Parks and Michelle Obama are the same person. No. Why would they be the same person? What do you mean? What? Like, I, I, I don't want to say I could understand her question, but it's not like she said, oh, is Rosa Parks the one that's married to Barack Obama? She said both of their names. This bitch sounds like she's going out of her way to be racist, TBH. Like, what's going on? Ew. Okay. I decided to basically ignore it, <laughs> but then we got to the end, my end of semester meeting. My supervisor had the audacity to look at my mentor teacher in the eye and tell her that she didn't agree with her teaching style because she moved too quickly and didn't agree with the curriculum the school used and that it made me a worse teacher. Note, my mentor teacher was amazing and one of the best teachers I've ever seen. She saved me that year and I emulate her daily in my own teaching. My mentor teacher snapped back saying that she should not be critiquing the curriculum but should be giving me feedback on my teaching practice and that she, my mentor, doesn't control the curriculum her school uses. Then my supervisor admitted she has no idea what the first grade curriculum or standards are. It ended up with me passing information up the ladder and the supervisor is no longer employed at the university after that semester. It makes me mad that these people are hired and we pay so much damn money to student teach. The least we can get is a supervisor who knows the game and can give us constructive feedback and support. Student teaching is already messed up and the way we're paying hella money to do free labor and can't even make money outside of the internship due to the hours. I felt like the university I loved hung us out to dry with the 75-year-old homeschooling co-op director. That semester, I was basically on an island figuring things out and I cried to my mentor teacher daily. I'm a first-year teacher now at a great school and I'm luckily mentored to death and given so much support by the amazing women who I teach with who took me under their wing immediately. 
The student teaching world needs to change, and this is just one example, one of those examples why. What a mess. Yikes on bikes. The not knowing the first grade standards, it really hits me because that happens all the time where people will critique or observe or give feedback to teachers in lower elementary and just have no actual idea what they're talking about. They don't mind giving feedback. Doesn't matter that they don't know what they're talking about because they're going to just let you know what they think. I get so mad at that. I still remember. I know I've told this story before, but when I gave like a 30-minute data talk and was being so like comprehensive and specific and thorough and everything, and then my old principal at my old school, not my new principal, this king would never question me like this. He said, why don't you have them do a project on the cotton gin to get ready for the EOC? Because I know the cotton gin was really important with slavery and the civil war and stuff. And our curriculum starts over 15 years after the cotton gin was invented of what's testable on their EOC. And I was like, I literally had to look at him. I felt like such a clown in that moment. I said, yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that that's super important. And unfortunately, it's not in our curriculum. What do you want me to do? Because what else do you say? Well, that was crazy pants. Oh, and this person, okay, this one that I just opened talks about something that the last person kind of talked about. She says, OMFG, I'm sure many will say this, but the long as fuck lesson plans, like, please, why? I remember writing one out that was probably 10 pages long, mind you, I'm single subject, for a one day lesson. We literally had to write down how we would even walk around the room and word for word script of what we would say or we didn't get a pass for it. Once I got in the classroom, I literally wrote my lesson plans on a sticky note or in my notes app. Oh my God. No, I am so glad that you brought this up because I have two minds about it. I don't think that I could have gotten to the point personally where I can write my lesson plans on a sticky note if I didn't go through the process of learning how to write those 10-page lesson plans. Some people are very capable of doing that. It's amazing because it's like, well, duh, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. But like, I am thinking of a million bajillion things right now and I would get stage fright and I wouldn't know what to do. When I would have a first day of school as like a fourth year teacher, I was still on the first day of school doing a long, long, long lesson plan for different parts of the day because I just wanted to make sure I hit everything. So I I like am a little bit of an outlier on it because I think it's crazy that the way that people are so strict about it and so crazy about it because yeah like no classroom teacher does that but at the same time it's like I logically kind of get why you start there a lot of the times you know I think what it varies on I really think people's opinion is based on the way they were forced to do it because in my first district the lesson plan template I had to use my first year was just like it made no sense to me because the way it was structured was you planned by the unit which I think is important but I think as a really new teacher you're kind of more in a focus of you need to be thinking about the flow of your day and like the materials you're using and things like that so I felt like long lesson plans were really really stupid because I was having to write a lot that wasn't directly like present in my lesson like I remember having to write paragraphs on paragraphs 
about like success criteria and stuff like that, but I wasn't allowed to create my own tests. Yeah. So like, it just felt like I was working for nothing. But then it was COVID year after that. So they really didn't know what to do. So I was like, can I make my own template? And if you guys are okay with it, I can just use that this year. And when I started doing it that way, then I started to get into what you're saying where writing the long lessons made me a good teacher. Cause the way I did it, it was like a grid format by day and then each day was broken up into like whole group group activity and it made me think about like the flow of my classroom and like materials and transitions and things that you need to be aware of teaching but I think when teachers are having to write a lot of justification that's where it becomes wasteful. Yeah, like the assessment stuff when you're not allowed to even make your own assessment or also like I didn't know a lot of what I didn't know. So it was harder for me to see big picture when I was a newer teacher because I was in survival mode in a lot of the ways where I was like, okay, I just need to get through doing a really solid lesson right now and move on. But like I couldn't think about my own thinking on the fly. I do remember hating every single minute of it when I was doing it. And I think it just varies so much by a, like, subject area. It's so much easier when you're getting paid to do all of this shit. It's like you're suffering, but you're getting paid. But, like, at least you're only suffering in, like, kind of one aspect. The way my new district does their template is, in my humble opinion, not as good as the one I made myself, but slightly better than my last district do you have to submit we do have to submit but it's not like so in my last district we didn't have to submit but they would do random checks and rip you apart and give you like so much feedback and here as long as you're submitting it's fine and they don't care if it changes like if I get off schedule they don't make me resubmit I just have to put like what my plan is and then if stuff changes that I can adjust And ours is very, very vague. It's like by day. And then it has a spot where you have to put what materials and stuff you need. Oh, that's nice. So I'm like, that's good to think about. Yeah. And you don't have to write very much. We do ours by week and you just need like basically just like a little, what you doing? What's going on? Mm -hmm. When when I was doing multiple subject at elementary level, I had two schools where everybody took a subject and planned one subject each. And that made it really nice because I felt like everybody did a really good job for their one thing versus is like when I was teaching third grade mm-hmm. we did not really have that so it was like you're kind of doing like everything by yourself everything. and that kind of sucked yeah Yikes. do you want to read one yes credential horror story I got hired by my former district before ever having a second of teacher training yikes but true shortly thereafter I met with the person in the district whose job it was to make sure I got enrolled in a program she said there's a bunch of programs that you can do they're all pretty much the same so just let me know what you choose I panicked and said well are there any online or ones where you can pay monthly and she said probably ask around what other people did (laughs) yes queen give us nothing (laughs) the next day i sent her an email asking for one program ideally online or virtual this was fall of 2020 she sent me the info for one and i enrolled it was a three-year program way too long but i didn't know that and two years in i had used my stip and i was on my pip what does that mean performance plan i don't know wait let me see what context she said that i think it's about loans oh provisional internship oh i should okay Provisional internship permit. Got it. So it's like her certification. She was on like 
a temporary one. Yeah. So like LAUSD will hire you as an intern and that means that you are getting your credential while you teach. That's how I got hired right now and the other time. Oh yeah. She said two years in, I was ready to be recommended for an internship. Then the shit hit the fan. Turns out the program wasn't valid in California and everything I had done wasted time and money. It was in April when I found this shit out. I sent an email to my admin, teacher, mentor, and the person in charge of Alt-Root teachers explaining the situation and asking for next steps. I got called into a meeting where they, they being the principal, vice principal, person in charge of Alt-Root teachers, accused me of wasting time and not being committed. They told me that I would not have a job next year and that they wouldn't be able to write me recommendations based on my behavior. I told them that I and three others at this point had been told by the district to enroll in this specific program. They replied, no one from our district recommends this program. Girl, if you don't pull up that fucking email. I bring my laptop to every meeting and I never delete emails with instructions from supervisors. So right there in front of them, I forwarded them the email instructing me to sign up for the program I enrolled in. I said, if you check all your emails, I think you'll see that the district does suggest this program. And then I walked out. I was terrified, but nothing pisses me off more than when people try and get me in trouble for following their instructions hell yeah no one ever brought it up again and when the time came out for contracts when the time came for contracts to come out mine was there someone else at the district got me into a great program and now i'm at a new school and district where i'm actually happy i look forward to the podcast every week thanks you guys for all you do i love that move whipping out the computer and forwarding the email yeah, I don't think I've ever deleted an email myself. Yeah, I never delete emails. Because even if you delete them, you can get them back usually. Oh, really? Yeah, they're just in the trash box. If it's there, if you clean them out. At my old job, sometimes we would have to because we got so many goddamn emails that like our storage would be full and you'd have to get rid of them. Oh, no. One time that happened to my boss. That was the worst goddamn week of my life because she was on vacation and her email became full. So everyone got a message saying like, this user's inbox cannot whatever the fuck and everyone thought she got like fired or something so they all kept calling me and i was like fuck off she's having a vacation with her family seriously (laughs) this one has a content warning for miscarriage and ableism it says i've got a bit of a doozy we did three placements in my credential program In the second, my coaching teacher was a lot and honestly didn't seem to like teaching or kids. I love when they just want you there for an assistant. Anyway, she mostly played nice throughout. Then, the hour before the final report was due, sent my program a list of all my absences, including some that were incorrect. Fucking narc. Narc. She says... I actually didn't see this list or have the chance to address it until on my final practicum, I took literally a half day off because I was having a miscarriage. They contacted my new coaching teacher to inform him of major concerns I wouldn't finish the program due to chronic absences. When I told them why I'd been absent and that I felt targeted, I literally had a disability accommodation around attendance that I had never made use of. They spent a spent two hours on a Zoom gaslighting the hell out of me. The next month, same practicum. Oh, I had another miscarriage. Oh my God. And I talked straight through it because I was so worried they'd report me to our teaching board and keep me from getting certified. Oh. This country is a wasteland. I hate it here. 
just move. I fucking would if I was rich. Okay, everyone? Shut up. Unfortunately, it's really expensive and hard and requires a lot of paperwork, which is not a strength of mine. But I luckily am very strong in the area of bitching at the government until they do things that I want them to do for the most part. Anyways, uh, silver lining. I am now happily in my second year of teaching and I'm also almost eight months pregnant. Congrats! I get great feedback as a teacher and love my students, but I've probably never felt as dehumanized as I did by my department throughout my credential program. Oh, sickening. Do you want to read the next one? Yeah. My mentor teacher hated me. She would make me practice reading my right script. Right into it. <laughs> yeah, they're like, that bitch did not fuck with me. <laughs> Couldn't tell you why. I couldn't can I just say before I read this I could never be a mentor teacher because like they literally just started so like as long as they didn't hit a kid I'd be like you're doing awesome first of all yeah like seriously I know it's hard they would get zero constructive feedback from me no I'd be like I loved it wouldn't change a thing yeah 10 out of 10 girl you crushed it one of my videos from a couple years ago was when I it was like you look just like mommy baby and it was when my student teacher walks in late with Starbucks crying. <laughs> I remember that video. I loved that video. It's Story. real. You look like mommy, baby. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my mentor teacher hated me. She would make me practice reading my scripted lessons as I would give them to students and would nitpick at the smallest detail. Things she would criticize would be skipping over a phrase or a word and making me reread the entire script again because I didn't read it correctly. How could I be a teacher? Another example is what she'd noticed that I didn't see a kid being off task or missing materials and would call me out on it. She'd tell me that I need to be more observant as a teacher. She'd correct me in the middle of my teaching love my lessons and ridicule me in front of the kids. Okay, so far I'm with her on her critiques. It's the in front of the kids that I don't like. Yeah. The one word is a little extra, but the kids and the materials, she ate with that one. <laughs> Maybe talk to you in private though. Yeah, right? She was finally fed up with me to the point that she emailed my advisor and CC'd me on the email listing all of her complaints about me, stating that I should never be a teacher. Uh, oh my God, what did you do to her? No. The worst part is that my advisor and the department chair both sided with her but neither of them ever came in to observe me to make sure that the mentors teachers claims were valid i was so depressed and broken by the end of my student teaching period that i think my mentor teacher picked up on it she managed to convince my department chair not to fail me and i mysteriously graduated with my credential i think you got hazed i really think my mentor teacher just hated me or was just power hungry with the way she treated me i'm grateful i survived that because it was just awful Oil and vinegar, the two of you. What an awful I know, situation. I literally think these people were hazing him. Like, I think they were going to pass him the whole time. That's so bizarre to me. Like, they thought that this was pretty little liars, but this is literally just a teaching credential program. I do think that some teachers haze new teachers. I think so, too. I really do believe that. The way we do student teaching is so odd to me, and I feel like it's... You have such a different experience depending on who your mentor teacher is. Yes. Like, that's really, like, your world is in their hands. I remember when I was in my credential program, we would, we I did a nine-month program, so we were student teaching in the day and taking class at night. And so many of us in our classes would just go to class and sit and, like, cry and talk about our placements 
and try to like get advice from the university teachers but the university teachers also by and large have not been in the classroom for a super long time so they don't really know what to say or like how to help they just are like oh well if you don't like what your mentor teacher does just take notes on what you don't like and then don't do that thing but that's (laughs) it just doesn't feel like real advice a lot of the time that's great I'm trapped going here all the time and my credential is like hanging in the balance of this person liking me essentially I don't like it I'm not into it what gets me is the class in the afternoon like I remember my first year teaching I would just feel so exhausted by the end of the day we were so tired and I was eating like shit and I just I got dumped that was the when I was student teaching was when I got dumped in the middle of the teaching day then living in the tiny apartment with too many dogs and no windows yeah I hate that apartment I've never seen it and I hate it I was so when I found that apartment I was like over the moon though I rolled in and then it didn't have electricity and I quickly was not over the moon anymore and then immediately somebody hit my car in the parking lot and (laughs) you were in like the trenches did I tell you that I found out that my landlord at that place was scamming me or no, not scamming me, scamming the whole apartment complex. I'm gonna say, how could you be getting scammed possibly further than living in a windowless apartment? She was pocketing the the money or something. She got fired for like mishandling finances. And the new landlord thought that I was in on the scam. There was like one day that I went to do my laundry and there were two guys looking for drugs that were left in the dryer vent. And I just literally was like, excuse me, let me... Let me through real quick. One second. You're like, I just have my tide right here. If you could step aside. Can I scooch right by you. Awesome, awesome day. (laughs) Just sneak past you here. Yeah, I was a time to be alive, but it made me so strong. And it's all thanks to student teaching destroying my previous relationship. (laughs) It was not the student teaching. Let me be so for real. It has nothing to do with teaching. I think there was. There is there was some other little maybe one or two or ten things that, that man going fucked on somebody else to. a week and a half into our relationship and I stayed for four years so actually <laughs> I'm not gonna blame to anybody we don't meet, meet our clown <laughs> oh. To be 20 again. My brother texted me yesterday and was like, I see why you became religious in your 20s because I'm in the fucking trenches. And I was like, yeah, I told him to join an MLM. Oh my God, I joined an MLM in my 20s. That's you have to choose between religion and MLM in your 20s. So I told him, I said, just don't do drugs because it'll fuck you up for the rest of your life. And I obviously mean drugs, drugs, not like shrooms or weed (laughs) that was really california of you (laughs) that was a really really california of you i'm for the government that's listening to me i'm sorry she's from california (laughs) it's a cultural insensitivity if for you to be mad next episode should california secede can we force them oh god bless all of you student teachers i hope that you all are okay and continue on your beautiful path of learning. You're awesome, honestly. Like if you showed up to student teach, you're crushing it. You're better than me. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna see. I'm terrified of being in a middle school. I wish I could dip myself in hand sanitizer. Okay. Oh, new plan. I was gonna go with silence as my plan, which I is not a strength of mine. I don't think that was gonna go well. <laughs> but I've done this before where people realize I'm competent, so then they give me more stuff to do. So I'm gonna go with stupidity. Yes. I'm gonna pretend to just be so dumb. 
And they're going to be like, we cannot let this woman cover a class. Absolutely a good, solid plan. And so student teachers, another thing that you can do is just... Weaponized incompetence. Absolutely. Weaponize your incompetence. Go for it. If a kid asks you a question, bark at them. I mean, we are in a teacher shortage, but that doesn't mean that you need to let them butter your biscuit by giving you extra responsibilities. It's bullshit. Exactly. We're trying to coast through. C's get degrees, you guys. Oh my god, I've been saying that the whole time through grad school. Every time I forget a fucking assignment or do a bad job, I'm like, you know what? Nobody's ever going to ask me what was your grade before they give me the pay bump for having my master's. No, literally. C for credential because you'll still get it. (laughs) Thanks for joining us, you guys. Bye, you guys. We love you so much. So much. So much. Good luck. Bye. Bye.